0: Hello, and welcome again to Forefront 360, where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. I'm Richard Chrisman, one of the leaders of Forefront. Joining me today is musician and composer Zach Thiessen. Welcome to the show, Zach.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: We are thrilled to have you. Uh, Listeners, you may uh, recognize the last name, Thiessen. We did have an episode recently with Zach's brother, Josh. Uh, But Zach, a completely different uh, field of art here, a different artist. We're very excited to... uh, Talk with Zach today. Um, we're thrilled to introduce you more, Zach, but in what has become a bit of a Rich Christmas interview fashion, I'm going to start with the lightning questions. Um, it's a custom here, listeners on Forefront 360, that we begin artist interviews with a few uh, lightning round questions. This is where I will ask a bunch of short questions with short answers uh, to Zach here just to help us get to know him a little bit before we get into the good stuff. Is that cool, Zach?
1: Yeah, sounds good. <laughs>
0: awesome. All right. What's your favorite holiday?
1: Uh I think probably uh Christmas. Yeah, I, I enjoy like all the family being around um together and just being able to uh give gifts. Um it 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 kind of is is that one time a year you really get to appreciate ev- everyone. Like birthdays are, you know, just uh one time a year uh, for each person, but it's kind of this collective um yeah, I like that that part.
0: Love it. Do you like winter too? Or is Yeah. That a-
1: You know, it's kind of weird. Like, I go through seasons of inspiration. I'd say, like, a lot of my kind of writing stuff happens end of summer, like fall. But, like, a lot of the recording I tend to do in the winter. It's just, like, (laughs) you know, super cold outside. You don't want to go outside for inspiration. So, yeah, I get a lot of recording done in winter usually.
0: Cool. Uh, What is your favorite place that you have ever lived?
1: Uh... Probably Russia, just because of all of the unique uh, arts and and culture that's just woven into the fabric of of the different uh, places we go to. Like, um, there's a full symphony orchestra at like a circus. uh, That like so they do everything to the to the maximum. And uh, yeah, so yeah, we lived in uh, Krasnodar, Russia. Uh, Both my brother and I were born in Moscow. Okay. Um okay. and lived uh, 5 and 6 years there for first first years of our lives. So, wow. yeah.
0: I, have you been back there?
1: Uh after? I haven't and we meant to go back uh, to, uh for the Sochi Olympics, but unfortunately um yeah, we weren't able to go but uh we have kept in touch with our nanny and our um uh nanny's daughters are um, still in, in the ballet as, as they were younger. and we did get to see um, Masha uh, at, uh, in, in Montreal. She's the principal dancer in uh, Swan Lake. So Whoa. we got to see that. and yeah, so that was the first time seeing her since Russia. So that was uh, two years ago that we did that. Well, so yeah, what a
0: cool context to have a reunion with somebody. That's great. Yeah <laughs> Awesome. Um, If you could go to a private concert performed by any living musician, who would it be?
1: I think right now, like, someone that interests me is uh, Tyler, the creator. Okay. Just because he has so many, like, ideas and he's very outside the box and with his fashion and his music. So, like, hanging with him for a night, I think you just, anyone would be entertained by him. So Yeah. <laughs>
0: You get a whole experience with Tyler the Creator, I feel. I feel like it's yeah. a lot more
1: than just music.
0: That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then follow up, who would you bring to that concert? Um,
1: I don't know. It, it depends like if it's a quantified in like a fellow friend, obviously like a musician friend, but like maybe a celebrity. Mm. Uh, I'd obviously want to see uh maybe like what he could do with like a composer like uh, daniel pemberton who did uh like into the spider verse and enola home so he has like some really kind of zany ideas from a composer's perspective so like that'd be so cool to like see what they could do yeah together
0: (laughs) oh you're gonna set up a the collaboration of the century at your private (laughs) yeah like i
1: i loved what uh billy eilish and Hans zimmer were able to do Mm -hmm. um i mean i don't yeah the movie's still not out yet i don't think the time no time to die the okay. 007 but like they did the theme together i thought that was really an interesting oh i'm uh, looking yeah, forward collect. to that that's gonna be yeah. great mm-hmm.
0: that's uh so much to look forward to these days i'm i'm looking forward to the uh, dune movie that's coming out in october yes that everyone's, you know talking yeah. up and they dropped the next spider-man movie trailer last night you know oh so that's much
1: right problems. yeah good yeah.
0: stuff oh well actually on that topic what is your favorite movie score
1: yeah, this is an interesting question. Uh, I always say no movie score can make a bad movie a good movie, but, like, a bad movie score can make a good movie a bad movie, if that makes sense. So, yeah. like, I feel like the movie score is only as good as the movie, and as much as I love to pick the score for Black Widow, <laughs> okay. I was unfortunately a little bit let down by the, the movie. Uh it was it was just kinda mid and it wasn't like too um anything crazy. Um whereas uh there's this one movie that seems to be picking up traction, we just saw it the other weekend, um, is Pig, uh with Nicolas Cage. And I thought the the story was so good, but not only that, like the music really was just super fitting and like when you have a super fitting score, it just uh yeah, really locks in and enhances the, the movie, so I thought, yeah, it's just a really, like, uh, heartwarming movie. And a a lot of, like, layers to it um, with the fine dining. And uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I think people should just watch it and go in blind. That's what we do. Okay,
0: love this rec because I just, uh, I hadn't heard of Pig, and I just looked it up. And just the little synopsis that it gives here is, Living alone in the Oregon wilderness, a truffle hunter returns to Portland to find the person who stole his beloved pig. Yes. What a great <laughs> uh,
1: description! It's so like, w- like, what is that? Yeah, but it's great. And honestly, like, people sometimes uh, will harp on like, "Oh, it's definitely a Nicolas Cage movie," and it, it's always like feels like he's the same character. But I, I thought this was probably his best movie wow, ever, okay. and I would be really shocked if it doesn't get any nominations of like the filmography is just incredible, like beautifully shot and lit. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really, really good film. And okay, it has a lot of interesting... You gotta go see Pig. Yeah. With Nicholas Cage. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's still in theaters. It came out mid-July, but okay. yeah, we saw it at, at home, like the debut at home thing. Good so. stuff.
0: Yeah. And the music, do you know how to pronounce the composer? Alexis Graf- Yeah, Graf-
1: I... I I haven't heard of those and honestly those are some of the best scores like when uh, they're kind of lesser known and they kind of pull pull something out like that like um, my like favorite a few years ago was uh, definitely like the Joker. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, that was by Hildur Guttendotter, I think that's how you say her name. And she had done uh, Chernobyl as well. So, like, that was her, like, big break on the scene with, uh, Joker as a feature film. And, um, previously had, like, assisted to Johan Johansson, who did, like, Arrival. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of those, like, debut soundtracks can be really interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Crawl's another one that is, like, an underrated movie like it, yeah it's it's like another action movie but um i thought the soundtrack was nice and um again max arouge so like not that that known composer but like i thought it was good awesome so um awesome. yeah but pig pig is is nice like it has like that kind of soft uh, there's a seeping in of the scandinavian uh kind of film score style mm-hmm. that's that's becoming more Kind of uh, like a kind of a contemporary go-to, like like with H- what Hilder did in Joker, kind of these soft like kind of fragile layers like uh, another artist that has kind of popularized that style is uh, Olafur Arult. Mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. rings any bells, uh, he's kind of a minimalistic, kind of that soft piano and string stuff, so yeah, I think that's kind of catching on, so that's what the pig score is like. It yeah. kind of takes that trend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is is that kind of where um, scores are kind of interacting with like ambient music as a genre?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, what's called, um, it's kind of a very uh, like um, uh, almost a buzzword, but like there's what's called sound design. Mm -hmm. And it's very um, kind of vague uh, because you can do so much with post processing with audio these days is like you can really get combined tampers at the end of the day sound design is combining tampers and and doing a kind of a unique effects to make uh what is regular sound kind of ambient and and soundscapey so like uh um, one of the top kind of sound design composers right now is uh Junkie XL mm. so he did Justice League and yeah, he did yeah. um yeah. Uh, army of the dead uh which is like a netflix one um uh, snyder as well um and yeah so he does a lot of these kind of granular ambient effects and and uh just kind of it gives these films i think more space and it fits underneath more uh underneath the dialogue rather than uh tenet we won't go there. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> how how there are so many like issues with the sound and people were like, Oh, I couldn't hear half the dialogue yes, and <laughs> yes. uh... But it was a banging soundtrack. Again, banging soundtrack by itself right, didn't right. save the movie. So Love there's, it. there's That the is funny. Kind of... We
0: did talk on four for three sixty a couple months back about tenant, and that was one of the things that we said. We're like Uh, What was going on with the with the score there? Like there were certain (laughs) times where it felt like it wasn't even like mastered, you know, because the score was louder than the dialogue, and we were like, "What's going on with that?" But knowing uh, the team uh, that Nolan had for Tenet, I'm sure everything that happened in that movie was purposeful. But (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, but uh, yeah, I imagine he he was intentional with that. And but um, like uh, in my uh, film scoring class, uh, well, video game scoring class at UCLA um we had a long discussion about that and like the reason why it didn't work and uh Mm. and that's where some of these like softer kind of fragile tambers like work with dialogue better because they're they're not like pumping so much and yeah so yeah it's a real balance like like yeah you have to have to have interesting melodies and memorable stuff but at the same time get out of the way of of dialogue so yeah,
0: have you uh, by chance seen The Revenant or listened to yeah. the, the score to that?
1: Mhm. And that's a perfect example of like the very kind of silky like um expansive like sound. So yeah, yeah, that uh, that's one of my uh favorite themes lately too actually. I love is, the, is the combination
0: covenant, yeah. of especially with in a movie like The Revenant where it fits perfectly, but the combination of the um you know the The music elements mixed with like uh like field recordings of Mm -hmm. like wind and and trees and stuff i I think that's such a cool effect
1: yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah i i love that like um yeah i've done that a couple times in in my own music and in uh streams in the wasteland in a few spots so that's awesome yeah yeah definitely love love uh the experimental side of things because you know um the forefather of film scoring is like John Williams and a lot of people come from that or like, uh, so the guy who did star Wars, John Williams, right. uh, Jaws. So that's more of the traditional, um, kind of route. So a lot of the film scores are kind of shifting more to this, like, like you're saying, like the Revenant, Joker, pig. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the direction that I think works most and is utilizing a lot of cool techniques, uh, digitally, like with the production.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, you know what? I want to switch it up and talk a little bit more about you because, uh, you know, we, get, we can talk about other composers, but uh, you mentioned Streams in the Wasteland and that really, uh, you know, piqued my yeah. appetite here. So, listeners, I'm going to bio Zach here with, uh, you know, a few sentences here to back him up and then I'll, I'll uh, just, just ask him a little about himself. But to start, um, Zach Thiessen is an international award-winning musician, composer and audio engineer based near Toronto, Canada. His innovative techniques and cinematic progressive music have been featured numerous times in media and the press and things like Guitar World Magazine and the Toronto Star. Thiessen has been awarded multiple Factor Canada Music Grants for his original compositions as a solo artist. In addition to his two solo EPs and debut full-length original soundtrack album Streamed in the Wasteland, which we will talk about more later, his composing credits include music for Netflix and Ubisoft, endorsed by six guitar companies including Canton Custom Instruments, Tyson co-designed and released his signature 8-string Canon electric guitar. He studied music theory, guitar performance, production, and film scoring through UCLA and Berklee College of Music, where he was awarded a celebrity scholarship from Grammy-winning producer Don Waz. Working out of ZT Music Studio, Teeson has engineered thousands of songs for other bands and artists from over 45 countries, including Billboard charting albums, with millions of views and streams online. Wow, what a uh a bio. There's a lot to uh talk about. So, yeah. <laughs> so pretty awesome. So let me just jump right in here before I ask you more about yourself. You mentioned that you were pretty recently studying at UCLA. Are you hmm. still in school? Have you or did you recently finish?
1: Yeah, so I actually uh started last fall like I, I i started at ucla for film scoring i i'd previously uh finished my education uh through berkeley for production and and guitar uh and uh that allowed me i taught guitar for a few years and um opened up my um production business C T V Music studio so i've been producing for the last few years but i got into film scoring more and more as i um kind of Naturally, my music led that way through my uh, last EP, Traverse. I was starting to get more into the, like the orchestral stuff and hinted at that. And uh, with some th- singles as, as well, uh, went more in that direction. And um, so with uh, the pandemic, it actually, it allowed me to study online through UCLA because they hadn't had an online uh, version of their mm. program. So um, all this time, I was kind of like dreading having to maybe move down to L.A. and live there Uh, But it actually worked out for the best, um, being able to just do it online. So I I started last fall there and um, I I ended up taking just like the last two semesters off just because I had this project with Josh, like uh, being so busy uh, with that. And then also I, I, I even took a couple months off with my production business just because that has interestingly enough gotten busier with okay. the pandemic, because um, it's all remote work. So more people are at home recording. Right. So you would right. think it might have been the opposite and dip, but it's actually increased. So yeah, I had to take time off uh, the, the, the last few months just to finish this up. And I'm glad I did just it, it kind of helped me focus and get this this done. So that's awesome. Um, that's interesting. yeah, it yeah.
0: reminds me of uh you know, like Taylor Swift and the Fleet Foxes and other uh, bands that, like, released these, like, quarantine albums that they suddenly found the time to record, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting, like, the bloom of creativity. Um, Like, Josh and I just, uh, a week ago, were on uh, CTV, which is, like, uh, Canadian uh, national news, and that was kind of the storyline, basically, our segment of how Yeah, I think like uh, it was uh, just kind of a representation of a lot of different creatives, you know, I bet that have had uh, um, more time to kind of do these projects that they've always wanted to do. So yeah, like I've had that where I've uh, done some mastering work on like a a doctor in Italy who's like, I've always wanted to do an album. And I was, I was, you know, uh, I think they're an orthodontist and and they're like, yeah, I'm off for for this month so i I finished this (laughs) album can you master it so yeah it's like crazy um yeah
0: that's awesome i'm trying to imagine it's probably better that i you know leave it to my imagination but i'm trying to think of what an italian orthodontist you know what what kind of music does an italian it was like
1: uh it was like acoustic singer songwriter oh okay uh kind of like music and i think there was some violence like i master i do mainly mastering so i master so much music and i feel bad like when will so, I'll 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 see something online shared about me and I'll see some comments saying like, Oh, he mastered my music and I'll have like no no clue who that person was just because like there's so much music that I go through uh each week. So but yeah, yeah, I, I try my best to like say like, hey, hit me up when it's out and, and I'll I'll uh, I have like a little studio playlist, like a, account uh on Spotify and stuff and my That's website, so I try to keep try to keep up but yeah there i I think i do like maybe 500 masters a year 500 songs wow that's a lot yeah so i've done a few thousand over the past years wow yeah
0: wow Wow, good for you man. well let's back it up actually all the way to maybe the beginning um can you tell our listeners how did you get started with music in the first place
1: Mm -hmm. so growing up in russia we did have that like musical uh influence um and arts josh kind of took really earlier um like my brother josh um so he was a painting like since he was like three or four um we moved to canada and at five and six and i was more drawn to sports and like video games and um never really was interested in taking like vocal lessons my mom and dad wanted me to do or play drums they're like oh we'll buy you an instrument but i never was interested and we were homeschooled and music was like my least favorite subject it's just i would a chore, just like right? goof off <laughs> and like not participate like my mom would like have us sing hymns but uh, again yeah never really did anything serious um Then when I was 13, I had a really uh, bad concussion, and I'd had a few concussions up to that point, and um, I was at youth group and uh, jumped over, like, a cardboard box, like a washing machine, Mm. and we were doing kind of like a high jump challenge, and me not thinking and being competitive, I just, like, went head first over to clear the box and landed on the quote-unquote carpeted floor, which was basically concrete, so i i was blacked out for a good like 30 seconds and uh someone tried giving me a glass of water knocked it over right away i didn't know my name mm. i thought five plus five i insist and it was 12 uh like i was like really messed from that and uh, I had been previously hospitalized for some concussions, but that one um I was monitored for a few days by my parents and like luckily, this was on the christmas break actually so um I did stay home the first week of school, even going back because I wasn't a hundred percent, but in that time, uh it kind of changed my personality from being more outgoing to more introverted interesting um so I was happened to be given a uh, guitar from the flea market from like a, a friend of ours, family friend, and she gave it to me when they were over for supper one night, and I just got obsessed with it, and it was so weird because our parents, my parents were like, um, had never seen the side of me, I'd been kind of more of an active kid that had played video games, would jump over, uh, play Jumping basketball. over boxes, you know. <laughs> yeah, just doing crazy stuff, but like not able to hold uh, attention long on anything, so... It it was uh kind of curious that this had happened and um but then for the next month I just was obsessed with it. Like I went back every day for like two hours and four hours and six hours and after a month I had learned all like the basic chords and my parents were like, Okay, like uh if you spend uh a little more time, uh we'll let you get an electric because that was the first thing I wanted to do next was get an electric. So then I saved up my money got a uh my first guitar which was off Kijiji which is like the Canadian Craigslist uh and uh yeah from my paper route that I that I did with my brother being paper boys and yeah and and then from there I just kind of that was my my life like I I really didn't have too many friends in high school like we were going part-time to a local high school and being homeschooled so it was kind of odd that way in integrating with uh friends and stuff so like this was like my one thing that i obsessed with and in a famous interview quote that i i forget how many years ago this was but it's like the family inside joke of like i think i told the interviewer that i'm like yeah guitar was my friend like <laughs> just <laughs> i said it so like bluntly and like it was so kind of like pathetically sad but it was so true like it so that's the line is that my guitar was my friend. Hopefully it still up. is.
0: <laughs> well actually, you know, your specific guitar is probably your best friend, right? Because you yeah. um so you play a, a unique guitar in it eight strings. Is it of your mm-hmm. own design?
1: Yeah, so I had been playing three years before I got into eight string. Naturally I started on like metal music and uh, all of that, uh, kind of trying to play as fast as I can. And then I got more into, like, the jazz stuff, experimental stuff like prog. Uh, there's this one band, Animals, those leaders that I found, and was just really, um, like, wow, what's going on here? Weird time signature is weird music. And uh, that's when I asked uh, to get an 8-string and go to this master class that they're holding in, actually, in uh, in uh, Adirondack Mountains, Um so oh, I don't know how to nice. you did that, nice. but state. yeah. So, so I went to that and it kind of just uh, changed my musical direction. And a year later I was actually opening up for them in Toronto. Uh, so this is like the top eight string prog brand in, in the genre. So Wait, what's the band um, again? One more time. Uh, Animals as Leaders. So that was, that was kind of wild that 17 to be opening up for like the largest act in, in that genre and, um so but from there I, I kept progressing like with covers and stuff on YouTube and, and so like I I released my first EP at 17 and and uh did another EP when I was uh 19 uh so so yeah um I basically progressed with that and then was approached by this uh luthier in New Mexico Um, and a luthier is like a guitar builder, Um, and he asked me if I would be interested in designing uh, a signature eight-string model with him. So he had kind of come from a jazz background more. So Alan Holdsworth, he'd built one for, um, which is like a really um, uh, well-known jazz player, um, and my professor at Berkeley. So he actually found me through one of my... um, Covers actually of my professor's tunes, uh, Tim Miller, uh, and so he wanted to go with someone that was more jazzy and ambient, and uh, that that's kind of what I was doing. Rather than like the H, most eight stringers just kind of do gent and chugging and uh, metal stuff, so I was kind of trying to do something a bit different with it, and um, yeah, so that was a few years process with him, and I ended up releasing my. Um, signature model at uh, a music conference called Nam in uh, 2018 so yeah that's kind of how I progressed with um, my my eight string playing. this is
0: beyond cool
1: so when you say signature model is
0: it like a like is there one guitar like for, like that's yours or is this a model mm-hmm. that like another eight string player could buy now
1: yeah. Yeah. So uh, what we did is uh, over a few years, like designed like the AutoCAD um, uh, so that it could be CNC precisely uh, to the specs that I liked uh, playing. And um, yeah, so basically anyone in the world now can order my my model to um, whatever like types of woods they want. And um, yeah, so I've, I've had a couple people uh, buy it, which is kind of cool. Um, and I, as a royalties kind of based, uh, deal with him, I get a, a, a few, uh, cars out of it. So, um, right now I actually am getting one this fall and it's a, another H string, um, that I painted actually okay. over this last year. And, uh, so I'm nothing like my brother. He's a fine artist. Uh, I like more like the abstract kind of flowy stuff, um, if i'm painting myself so i got into uh, acrylic paint pouring over this last year and i i did that so um the inspiration was like some of mosaics and uh upper rooms album artwork um so uh, worship bands yeah Um, yeah. so like some of the water type um kind of vibes Uh, so yeah yeah so uh, also i should mention for those who don't know what an eight string guitar is and how it's tuned is um, it's basically like a regular guitar uh, on the six uh, treble strings, and then you have two extra low strings uh, in the bass register, and it basically goes as low as a regular bass uh, guitar. So it's like having a bass and a regular guitar in one.
0: That's awesome. So do you, um, like, is the reason why you prefer that is because you, like, do you typically play in that whole range?
1: Yeah, so um, depending on the, the song, the composition, like I, I will use the 8-string. Um, symmetrically, it's it's nice to have that extra octave lower. Um, so in terms of orchestrating, like um, certain songs, it will start from the piano, but then some are on the 8-string because you can go even lower. So you have like a full kind of... Um, yeah uh understanding of of how like maybe something could be fleshed out Uh, a lot of the times i'll employ what's called like uh tapping Mm -hmm. so eddie van halen uh was kind of like the forefather of that and big influence early on in my playing and uh you can actually then treat your left hand as like a piano left hand like in the bass region and outline octaves or or fifths or something like that and and then you can do some melody stuff on the top uh with your right so that's that's kind of how I go about that if I'm kind of being more technical on the guitar that is so, so cool yeah
0: and wait just remind us how many years have you been playing guitar like total? so yeah
1: I, I started like literally like two weeks after my concussion at 13 so I've been playing uh, 12 years now
0: that is incredible and so what other so I'm assuming you now like considering in your composition work like you all, you also play numerous other instruments right like in order to so what what yeah. else do you play?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I I write for like way more instruments that I can play, but I definitely value the uh ability to understand uh instruments to incorporate like with with um especially soundtrack stuff. So I I have a what a couple different interesting instruments like from Russia, a balalaika. Okay. Um which is like a kind of an oud and um a, uh, I have a few uh, baritone ukuleles from okay. Kala, so I'm endorsed by them. And their uh, U-Bass, which is like an acoustic mini, like it has like rubber strings. I actually it's have like one of those, really... believe it or not.
0: Oh, no way. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I'm uh, not very good on it, but it's fun to uh, plink around with occasionally.
1: Yeah, it sounds like really like fun. And, and it, like it has a lot of low end, surprisingly. So, yeah, I'll, I, I actually, I think I use that on one of the songs on the soundtrack uh awesome. it was uh, the gaming of the shrew yeah uh so that that's that's a fun kind of sound um i also play uh a classical guitar so um i kind of prefer that over acoustic acoustic's pretty common sounding and you know like pop stuff but classical just kind of has a little bit more of a moody mm-hmm. tone and one of my favorite um Classical players is um, Gustavo Santelaya who is the composer for the Last of Us video games. Okay, um, and he also plays this, this interesting instrument called a ronroco. So um, I have a tarango, which is a similar instrument. So in that same family. So yeah, I'm a big fan of his playing. So that's definitely influenced me on those instruments. Um, and then last but not least, I have a instrument that I invented over, um, the lockdowns. Uh, it's a, I call it a cylindrical bass and it has 16 bass strings on a motorized like spinning wheel. So I can bow that with a cello bow and it has like this really interesting sound of kind of, you can get scratchy horror sounds out of it, or you can get a like very pulsating kind of one note, um, ostinatos and, That all kind of doubles, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's actually on a a a steel frame contraption. So it's like it's in place and it's it's spinning. So all I have to do is I can just kind of either really grind in with the cello bow, or I can just like lightly kind of tap it um, as it spins around. Like so, it's a very speed motor. So I can kind of um, try to get uh, close to a tempo, and then I'll double that with synths, so it kind of just gives this extra layer um production wise, so yeah that's that's a instrument that's I'm awesome. still learning though uh, that,
0: yeah, so. I mean that sounds so cool. Have you ever done uh, any work with like horror? would you ever do like a horror score?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point you bring up because that's actually something I'm just getting into, and my relatives were kind enough to give me uh an uh like a endorsement quote for the soundtrack. For streams in the wasteland and they're screenwriters for the first two conjuring movies um, okay the Hayes brothers uh, so they 're my dad 's cousins, okay. so they 've actually connected me with uh, different people in the industry and yeah so i 'm kind of um, learning different different styles, um, so they they want to try to get me on something eventually so we'll see Um, but yeah that's that's kind of what my summer project's been after that's this uh, streams in the wasteland has released to uh kind of get into that sound
0: i've always had a soft spot for uh which is weird i feel like a lot of uh, i don't know why this is the case but i feel like a lot of um i don't know growing up in like a evangelical christian circle i felt like i was like the only person that was like like almost like i was like in the closet about being really into horror and like spooky stuff but uh you know (laughs) But uh, I've always been drawn to that sort of thing, and I realized only, like, a year or two ago that a lot of my interest in, like, horror movies and stuff like that is the kind of, like, aura and, like, atmosphere created by the sound design for horror movies. It's just so, yeah. so interesting to me.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, like, avant-garde music and, like... um. It's it's maybe not... Uh, you don't think of as, like, horror music, but, like, even what Kyle Dixon and I forget the other guy's name. the oh, guys that Stranger, did, uh, Things. Stranger Things. Oh, Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those, like, monster sounds that they're getting out of their synths. And yeah, I, I saw this one video how it was interesting how they left one of their modular synths in, like, the same exact setting for, like, two years because they didn't want to, like, mess up the oh. specific, like, horror sound, like, for that uh, character. So, like, whenever that um i forget what what's it called the um oh, weird the like, the mind flare
0: oh, oh mind yeah yeah, flare. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so that was like that signature sound that they they like wanted to make sure they didn't like um lose it so they 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 just like kept it in the same setting such an for, underrated like, TV,
0: so. like the sound design is such an underrated part of like the cinematic experience i feel like a lot of people don't even think about that and like foley artists put like so much ingenuity into figuring out how to make you know or reproduce particular sounds just so interesting to me
1: yeah yeah it's it's interesting i i just uh the other project this year uh this summer was um to up update my uh studio to a five one surround sound mm-hmm. uh, so i've just always just done stereo work um but in um getting more into the film score uh stuff of uh, being able to deliver 5-1 mixes is huge but um, it's interesting now watching movies in my studio and analyzing that exact thing like with the foley and seeing like how it like totally affects the motion of the movie where you have like uh maybe like a gunshot sound coming like back right and then all of a sudden you get this like spooky like Wire in the left mm-hmm. like uh, or like front left or like yeah kind of things moving around that way uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's really interesting how they're able to achieve that that feeling of um yeah like being on the edge of your seat I find that interesting like like how uh what was it Frank Zappa he's like you can like really control people's emotions through music and and like I feel like something about the horror genre is like really amplified in that way uh Mm -hmm. that it's just like wow like uh like there are a few movies that make me uh, like uh cry and like emotional i I don't know uh like uh 1917 was like one of those few movies that did it for me but like um I don't think you could ever say the same for like a horror movie and say, "Yeah, I was like not scared by The Conjuring." <laughs> like, right. like yeah, you, you'd literally have to be a psychopath yeah. to like feel no emotion. <laughs>
0: yeah, in in one same. of my uh, college classes um, in uh, for theater, we did we looked at oh, okay. scenes, dramatic scenes um, of plays that are both supposed to be either tragic or uh, emotional in some way. And we watch the scenes with the music removed. And um, it is really, and the funny thing is, the, we were looking at it from the approach of looking at how powerful the acting is when an actor is not supported by music. But I actually looked, you know, what I really learned from that was actually an unintended lesson, which is more that, even you could have the greatest performers in the world, you know, doing a scene. And when they're not supported by music, it really only gets you halfway there. You know, In unless the scene is specifically supposed to be in silence, you know, which happens in, you know, pretty rarely. But yeah, m- music is essential, I think, to the the storytelling, uh, you know, work of like movies, plays, you know, any of that stuff, video games.
1: Yeah, that's interesting that you that you make that point. Like, yeah, I I sometimes notice that like certain scenes, like like you're saying, where it feels a bit empty, um, and other times, it like yeah that you never want the music to take away from the scene either, and um, being like too too obvious or like kind of out of touch with the the moment. Um, it's it's interesting how uh. Like like there's there's been contests that I've entered, um, like for composing and stuff. It's always interesting to compare people's takes on a, the same scene and uh it's there's different levels of basically how are you thinking um musically? Are you thinking through the perspective, like POV of the character? Are you thinking like larger story arc or mm-hmm. so it really like the emotion of the seat and then the emotion of the performance and it's like this uh, interesting intuitive thing that just kind of develops over time I think the more more you do it to be able to go okay we're gonna score it like it's from this person's point of view because right. it's very like intimate or we're gonna go larger because That's really it's really cool it's um, kind of more general or,
0: yeah, yeah I've I've, uh, I've I've been impressed recently with what the like Marvel Cinematic Universe has done with mm-hmm. the the kind of embedding of, like, popular, you know, like, 70s and 80s, you know, yeah. like, rock music into yes. the scores of these movies and the soundtracks of the movies in a way that, you know, half the time the characters are actually, like, especially in, like, Guardians of the Galaxy or um, in uh, Captain Marvel and stuff like that, there are these scenes where the songs are actually being heard by the character Yes. you know, as well as us in the theater, yeah. which I think is just a really cool.
1: Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh. such a good point. Like, yeah, I love it when when they'll they'll play the what's it's called like source music, and they they'll start it off like with like the full mix, and then again, like you're saying, it kind of goes in, and they have it on their headset, and then again, the production team will like close it in, like like it's very like low low band, low, lo fi. And then you're like, oh, they're, they're, yeah, they're listening through yes, their headphones. Yes. And it's so cool how you can do that with audio to, again, like, uh, shift the, the mood. With, that is uh, awesome. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit about some, we've heard a little bit about it, but like, things that you haven't touched on yet, what are some of the Uh, projects that you have written for, like I know you've done some work with video games, with Netflix, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. What are like some of the highlights of projects you've done the past couple of years?
1: Yeah. So um, with, with getting into the scoring stuff more, um, I I was looking to kind of continue my prog career um, in that genre, like with the eight string. Uh, It kind of shifted to the cinematic stuff uh, as I was having a little bit more like tendonitis issues uh, with my my uh left hand and uh just kind of reevaluating um what I really like doing with music like I think I've always realized that I think I like the co- composition side most rather than the performing and like my prog uh, music that I was into uh was shifting more into cinematic like for my EPs that I was doing um and and then I eventually just um really decided that I wanted to move more film scoring rather than than that and I ended up joining this website called Hit Record uh and it is a website started by Joseph Gordon Lavitt I think oh, yeah. it's yeah the the actor yeah mm-hmm. and uh there were a couple different openings for submitting music to um video games uh so I, I jumped at the chance. So they're uh, Ubisoft's Watchdogs Legion. I played guitar and uh, programmed strings and did choir on that. And then there's another Ubisoft game called um, Beyond Good and Evil 2. That one's still been delayed, uh, but I, I did the same stuff on that. And uh, that really helps me because it has picked up what's called IMDB credits. So different actors and films are listed on there and composers. So you kind of get more um, stuff on your resume. So it's kind of like LinkedIn for the film industry. And that's really helped me. So uh, I, I got experience doing that. And also, as well as on hit record I did um, Netflix's Project Power. And I played guitar. It was kind of a different style. It was like kind of hip-hop. Uh, so I I did that and uh, again got got credit for that on IMDb. So yeah yeah picking up s- sort of those um, early credits uh, really helped uh, get me kind of established and I've also been assisting Andrew Lockington who is a composer in Toronto. And he's worked on some Hollywood uh, films and Netflix. And he worked on San Andreas with my relatives, uh, the Hayes brothers, the screenwriters. Uh, and they connected me with him. So that's I've been assisting him on some new stuff.
0: Let's talk about your most recent project. If you guys... Uh... 4.360 listeners, if you have not yet listened to um, our previous episode where we spoke to Zach's brother, Josh, about Streams in the Wasteland from the uh, visual art perspective, uh, I we recommend that you give it a pause and listen to that so you can learn a little bit more about that project and then come on back and listen to the rest of this episode. So, Zach, um, were you involved with the project of Streams in the Wasteland Um the art book kind of from the beginning or did Josh kind of contract with you after he had already started working on that?
1: Yeah. So with, with that, he had been working on the painting series for five years. So it took him six years to complete. And, uh, this was last summer before even the conversation was, uh, brought up with, even doing the book or, or anything, um, and he had previously done a book called A Decade of Inspiration with his his uh, different paintings uh, since 10 years old, and um, had kind of covered his life until then, so he thought, oh, it'd be interesting to do a book for Streams in the Wasteland, his painting series that he was finally uh, completing. So naturally, it kind of sprung some ideas with uh, lockdowns kind of making us go stir crazy of like, wow, how could we take this to another level? And he he and I have always uh, collaborated before on various stuff. So like I have helped him with his painting uh, time lapses and editing those videos and putting uh, music to them, uh, sometimes my own, sometimes others. But I've really enjoyed doing that with him and then he was gracious enough to do my album artworks uh for my EPs uh and so we thought like wow it would be interesting to come together like but how would that look like um with a book and a soundtrack so uh it was last August that we sat down and really brainstormed how it would work and uh we kind of landed on basically a painting uh, and a musical composition uh, for every, everyone in the series. So um, how we went about that is he he gave me kind of some rough, like, keywords of, like, a director would, and kind of a direction that way uh, musically to kind of tie everything in together. So, like, he has written stories for his book, um, so I would take influence from that. And not only that, but also match the uh, composition length to the story so um, that if one was to play the track, and that they could read the story, look at the painting, and kind of digest it simultaneously. So um, we kind of told some people initially, some close friends, our parents, and they're like, okay, this is pretty different. Like, how are people going to react? Will people get it? Like,. Uh, but it's been really encouraging um uh over the past year, just the excitement over it and uh so it took me uh since last august to uh may so like um yeah like uh, nine nine ish months to complete uh the soundtrack from beginning to end
0: That's awesome how many tracks are there
1: yeah, so there are seventeen uh so and to match the seventeen paintings, and they're the same exact titles as the paintings so uh, an interesting thing we did on them was um, for the digital experience, we contacted an animator and they actually animated the paintings. So it's kind of like a third dimension now. Uh, so you, I saw yeah. that on
0: Spotify when you get the little, yeah. when you're playing the, that, I thought that was so cool, especially the yeah. shrew one really caught my attention. Oh.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was one of the main things is, like, uh, Spotify and then also, like, YouTube, like, um, being able to take it in that way. Um, So, yeah, we're really excited how that turned out, too.
0: Mm -hmm. So cool. So,
1: uh,
0: listeners, the – so not only, you know, are there 17 different tracks to correspond with these paintings, but um, if I may say, uh, Zach did an excellent job giving each of these tracks – pretty unique uh, sort of like vibes and aesthetics that go with the setting uh, or even mood of the painting. And so one Mm -hmm. of the things that I think is uh, being not a musician or composer myself, one of the things that I was most wowed by was just um, I, a couple of times now I've listened to the album, like put it on shuffle on Spotify while I'm just like doing stuff, uh, you know, like working or whatever. And it is pretty amazing how, Uh, different, you know, when I don't know which track is coming next, like how how different some of these tracks are from one another, which really speaks to your kind of breadth of uh, Mm -hmm. compositional ability. I particularly like the kind of like Western influenced ones. I just think those are so interesting. So uh, what like, was that new for you? uh, Kind of composing in kind of like a Wild West kind of motif or?
1: Yeah, like, I'd say, like, the Western stuff was maybe more of a comfort zone. Like, um, previously uh, kind of written in that style a little bit on my own solo releases. Um, But I I think some of the songs that were uh, very comfortable for me, like, stylistically, even though they were very um, ranging um, from one song to the next, uh, were the ones that I had personally traveled to those settings. So Josh Mm -hmm. and I um had been to various ghost towns in in the United States so uh, Occidental Babylon the track um was inspired by St. Elmo, Colorado mm-hmm. that ghost town so um I kind of just I think a lot of inspiration for me musically comes when I've visited a place and can take in like the the beauty uh around us and and just uh really interpret that through through musical form and then um with uh New Sheriff in Town the kind of quirky yeah. western one is uh that one it was Bodie, California another ghost town so a lot of uh yeah a lot of these were inspired by Josh's travels the paintings so naturally as well I could kind of pull from that influence um musically so yeah um it it is a a, a fun challenge uh kind of doing uh, the different styles, but, um, I, I, definitely had help on, on, on some of the tracks, like, uh, my video game professor at UCLA is Iranian, so, like, uh, he was able to kind of, um, assist on, uh, like, Brother Wolf, uh, I actually did that for one of my assignments, and he, he gave me great feedback on that, so that one's more of that Persian style, and, um, like, yeah, even Near Oblivion, like, uh, East Eastern Asian and uh, Meerkat Manor is yeah. more of that Mozartian kind of ballroom style. So yeah, I, I really found that the the most challenging but rewarding part of of the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Do you have a like if like if someone asks asks you to share. Uh, The soundtrack with them. Is there like a particular track that you're like, oh, I got to you got to start with this one Like is do you have a favorite
1: and that's the thing like I feel like if I just share one track because it's so Multi-genre like it doesn't really represent it. So um, I think the best spot to kind of uh, get a sampler of the soundtrack is um, epic music world is a YouTube channel Um, that shares a lot of like cinematic music um, and like some of their label releases, but they shared Harbinger rise up and Agnes day off the soundtrack. And those three are kind of have the most musical themes and are most locked in as like a kind of Hollywood cinematic Mm -hmm. style. It has some ambient um, sounds. It even like has my guitar playing uh, on it a bit, Um, but it, yeah, I think those three are, are 10 minute sampler like kind of maybe the best uh, that I would kind of put forward if I if I wanted to someone to kind of get a feel That's awesome. I definitely wouldn't like play someone like meerkat Manor uh-huh. like the Mozart like ballroom one yeah. <laughs> because it just doesn't like represent it as sure. a whole but it is it is a cool track um but yeah I, I think those three are, are kind of some of my favorites too. So, what's stuff. the name
0: of that channel again? Just so.
1: Uh, Epic it. Music World. Okay. Um, so, Taking so they time. uploaded that. At, so the soundtrack came out August sixth uh, digitally, and they uploaded that August eleventh. So it's sitting at forty five thousand views, which is I'm pretty encouraged by, and people seem to really enjoy it. And yes. um, I did incorporate at the end of Agnes' day um, the Doxology um so i don't uh it was kind of interesting how many people picked that up on that video uh stream um so yeah, yeah, the meaning behind that was I wanted to really kind of capture all of the animals coming together in that final painting that Josh did, and uh, all the musical themes that are kind of summarized um and I felt like just the doxology kind of caps that off mm-hmm. like just the meaning of of the series so. Yeah, I, I decided to throw that in. <laughs>
0: love that. The doxology is so, like, just such a great way to close anything, especially something as, like, I don't, I just love the way that closes up. Spe- mm. Speaking of inspiration just in general, so, like, we spoke with Josh on 45360 about his inspiration being, uh, for the, for the painting series, being... Uh, biblical mm. themes, the beauty of creation, as well as his love for the natural environment, animals, and also conservation ideals. Um, do you also align with those passions? Or coming separately from from Josh's project, what would you say were your biggest kind of like inspirations coming into this?
1: Yeah, like um, a lot of it was like, I have to admit, I think maybe more on a technical musical level um, to again maybe be more behind the scenes and uh, lift up the emotion of, of a story. So he definitely had the direction for like the theological meanings behind the paintings and that um, I definitely took influence from, from that though. I, I mean, just as much as him, I love going on hikes and, and nature walks and taking inspiration from uh, just creation and everything that is like makes you just stand back and Um So, uh, a lot of that uh, definitely kind of stuck with me throughout the composing process. Like, um, for piece like a river, his story um, about the orcas in in the Grand Canyon, um, I I was like, oh, it makes too much sense, you know, not to uh, you know do um, it as well, and not not to take influence from that. So I I, I knew I had to. Um, so I I really like looked at the meaning of that and that story behind how that hymn was composed really inspired me and especially like with the lockdowns and like just the trials of, of what uh, the composer went through I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah, the story about. isn't
0: that uh, his the writer his uh, a shipwreck mm-hmm.
1: so yeah. remind
0: us real quick what the story is that yeah
1: is. so like he he um, lost his entire family in a shipwreck and he was like in a super uh, dark place that like not a lot of hope, but like just how he um, penned those uh, like really powerful words of like uh, no matter what like um, it is well with my soul. So I, I thought that was really interesting, and I ended up uh, doing like an ambient kind of western version of that hymn, uh, starting out with the verse and then the chorus uh, for for uh, peace like a river, and then also decided to echo that. And this is where maybe like you're crossing. The, the meaning of, of melodies or, or songs um, and uh, taking it a step further musically. Um, uh, so for the aquatic uh, creatures um, in the streams of the wasteland, I wanted like this ambient kind of texture, kind of callback. So anything, if you have an orca or if you have a narwhal or uh, the humpback whale in whale him I'm like, okay, uh, definitely have to go ambient here but like, what am I going with? Well, then I thought, okay, I, I reverse engineered it. I actually ended up doing Peace Like a River first, even though it's like later on in the series, and then came back to Whale him, and basically did like 35 BPM, which is like a quarter of the tempo uh, of it as well, and just did like the verse mm. harmony. So if you go back, it's like very, very slow. So I was inspired by Dunkirk on that one and oh, Blue Planet. Nice. Um, So if you go back and listen to that, you might be able to pick it up, but it's very subtle. Um, But I thought that was an interesting, like, duality there between those two, um, being aquatic. And um, I ended up incorporating a recording of an actual BBC whale, uh, like, by BBC um, from—I think it may have been from Blue Planet or not— And um, whale songs are very interesting. Uh, An inspiration that I took for whale hymn was also um, reading this National Geographic article Mm -hmm. um, and how it's just like, just the complexity of their songs is insane and how they'll actually remix like other whale songs that they hear and it can go up to like 10, 30 minute songs. And like the form of them are so like wild and complex. So yeah, like, reading something like that, studying something like that, you go like, wow, like only God would create such a complex creature. And, and, um, so I definitely was, was inspired. Um, so yeah, various moments like that kind of on other songs are, um, what kind of led, led to my interpretation of the stories in the paintings. So, yeah.
0: I love that. And I also really appreciate you mentioning, just the reality that you were working from a different framework that Josh was in the fact that mm-hmm. you were working with uh, an e- the existing scaffold of what he had created and mm-hmm. you were creating something to support that, which is really yeah. cool because I feel like with with in the arts in general, we often want to talk about like, oh, what was your, like almost like the flame of passion, you know, like what was the yeah. thing that ignited this? But a lot of times, you know, our creativity, particularly in uh, when you're, doing arts for like a living or, you know, for some sort of in some sort of contracted way, you often are working based off of someone else's inspiration, you know, Mm -hmm. which is is something that I feel like we don't talk about very often in the arts community. So I appreciate you mentioning that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's all different personalities and that's, that's what's so um, awesome. It's like um, celebrating that and just comparing like with fellow, like a, poet or a uh someone who does like um quilting or, or like um just how there's these different approaches to uh, create creativity and it's um yeah it's it's fascinating for sure. So I think that that's where as I gradually like going back to with with my prog music and like I'm like, okay, am I a performer or am I a composer? And like uh, I was finding that I was always more drawn to composing with something pre existing. Uh, and it made it easier. So that's where even like I I did uh, this song called uh, Ghost Town, which actually fun fact is that was the same exact artwork as Occidental Babylon. So that's mm-hmm. where I, um, uh, that one was probably easier for me to be inspired. Um, and I think a lot of people uh, that's one of their favorite songs of mine as well. So it it seems like this consistent thing with the the Western stuff that that people enjoy. And I think I saw that yours you you liked uh, Occidental. Uh, I, uh,
0: I've always had a, I've always enjoyed the Western flavor, so it makes yeah. sense that I personally would be drawn to that. But yeah, yeah. like I love the soundtracks <laughs> of, um, even though not not a, not great movies, but I've always really enjoyed the soundtracks of, uh, um, a lot of like older like John Wayne movies, like uh, True oh, okay. Grit and The Searchers and stuff like that, oh, and also uh, of course the uh, like spaghetti Western soundtrack, yeah. the Clint Eastwood movies and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. yeah. Like um, I should mention that I, I, I got a lot of um, session musicians to record on the soundtrack. So after I was done composing, I kind of took the final month just to reach out to some of my favorite uh, players uh, that have played on various uh, video games and uh, film scores. And uh, one of my favorite ones to collaborate was with um, Jordan Katz on Occidental Babylon, and he's the trumpeteer on uh, Red Dead Redemption oh, too, wow. uh, nice. the video game. And that's what, like, uh, the Red Dead Redemption video games are some of my favorite, like, Western uh, scores. And, um, and the so trumpet's to get him pretty on... prominent in
0: that. You know, when you yeah. get the occasional, like, south of the border kind of vibe, you get the, the trumpet yeah. in there too. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So getting him on, on the soundtrack was, like, really, really crazy that that he, he was uh, free. But that was the nice thing with all the lockdowns is all these players are at home, and uh, you know, willing to record from their home studios, and ended great. up getting getting sixteen different musicians from all around the world. So, um, yeah, just kind of worked out timing wise, actually. So, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, there God can uh, work some great things through a pandemic as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I think uh, yeah. You may remember like my brother mentioning about the uh, players recording on it in in his interview with you and how the cellist uh, who recorded on all the songs actually, um, he, he's from Israel. So there's like one day he actually had to write me and say, Hey, I I just need to take a break for a couple of days. There's like bombs flying over my family's head and got to take care Unreal. of them. So yeah, that was really, really, um, just puts things into perspective. So, um, but yeah, totally, um, totally, um, crazy circumstances, but, uh, like really cool to see how, how yeah. it all came together.
0: So good. Well, if we want to support now us at forefront, we were stoked. We uh, have already purchased streams in the wasteland. Um but mm-hmm. if our listeners here listening would like to uh I know that we can access uh your work on YouTube and Spotify, but if we if uh, any listeners here are motivated to kind of support uh more uh with the almighty dollar, where would be a good place to uh pick up the album or the book?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so of course, like you can stream the uh, the music on Spotify just under like Zach Teeson, but it w- it's most uh, kind of enjoyed through the form of the book and the CD. So that's available on uh, Josh's website, JoshTeason dot com. Yeah, you can support us there, um, and uh, we really hope it uh, blesses you. And uh, just some of the quotes, even. Uh, from christians non-christians alike are like it's a beautiful es- form of escape and just beauty and and it's it's just taking the time to like appreciate the world around us um obviously i can't put it as eloquently as my brother does in the book but it, at the end of the day it's celebrating um just the the beauty around us and uh nature's reclamation and uh streams in the wasteland obviously based on the patch- passage in isaiah so it's um, a lot of the stories are kind of centered around that theme. Um, so, yeah, we we hope you enjoy enjoy the book and and uh, enjoy the soundtrack as well. Zach, thanks so much
0: for talking with me today. We are very excited to re-dive into the album with this context that you've given us. Yeah. Particularly, I, I got to get back and listen to the uh, the whale song now and see if yeah. I can pick out the uh, yeah the melody there. All-
1: Also, like with Agnes Day, I should mention, uh, that is probably like the most epic song. So if you just want to listen to one song, uh, maybe just check that song out. It's the last song and it, it summarizes, uh, man, like, uh, at least textures from every song. Um, and there's like Occidental Babylon melody, the Republic melody, Harbinger melody, uh, uh like all these little like nuggets. So so yeah, you can um listen to just that song, but yeah, I think one of your questions was what's the best way to listen to it and I definitely say like chronologically. So like that song is kind of the payoff of like, oh, nice. everything, but yeah.
0: Fantastic. Not only is it the last track, but uh, as we um those of you that have seen some of the art, this is the the painting of the lamb um on the altar mm-hmm. with all the animals coming up to the altar in a sort of a, a wintry scene. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely recommend taking a look at that painting, even if you're just looking at it on, you know, Josh's Instagram or something. Uh, while you yeah. listen to the piece, that would be, uh, yeah, my recommendation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we at Forefront are very much looking forward to staying in touch and collaborating with both of you, Tsons, in the future. Thanks so much for connecting with us. And honestly, uh, on a very small scale, we're uh, thankful for some of the movements of the lockdown as well because that opened up our uh kind of eyes to doing these podcast recordings with people that we are not physically able to uh, meet up and record with so pretty cool that we were able to talk to you
1: yeah thanks so much for having me yeah like it definitely would be great to connect a person someday but yeah this is we're been not great too that... far
0: away we uh yeah I, we're uh one of our uh forefront team members is in toronto right now actually so it's oh, a cool not uh we, we will connect soon in the future yeah for sure. As always, listeners, if you enjoyed Forefront 360 today, uh, please give us a like and review. You can subscribe here or on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Keep striving for excellent art and authentic faith. This has been Forefront 360.